0: Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com.
1: Hey there, you're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I am Alana here with Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Happy fall and back to school season to people. It's
0: came up fast. It did. I think it always comes up fast, but this year I just feel like it's faster than usual.
1: I've noticed the older the kids get, because we have two in high school now, like yes. it just There's that stage where they're high school age and not driving themselves anywhere yet. Like to me, that's been the busiest parenting season, like bar none.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like you get to this place. I feel like as a mom of little kids, you feel like they're going to be little forever. There's this long little stage, but once they get to not little, like I'm thinking maybe sixth grade it's like all of a sudden you've got sixth grade, you've got like this tiny, short middle school time Mm -hmm. and then high school. And so like the middle and high school, it's just like, where did, oh my God, oh my goodness, where'd my little kids go? You know? And then it it just goes so fast. It's like this long period of waiting and then they're gone. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. That sounds so, you know, no, they're not it ever is gone, weird. but like the,
1: the last half of parenting feels like it takes a 10th of the time yes. as yes. the first half of parenting. That's
0: how I'm feeling right now as our oldest uh-huh. is, you know, Yeah, emerging. we have juniors this fall. Juniors. What is that all about? That's crazy, mm-hmm. but also pretty fun. It is. It really is. It's cool to see them growing up and taking on Mm -hmm. more things and becoming independent and that's learning to parallel park. We're doing that now. (laughs) Oh yeah. You too. Yeah. That's on our list of things (laughs) to work on before the big test.
1: Uh Uh-huh. We definitely want our oldest to take the test before it starts to snow. So, I mean, we're, we're down to, Four to six weeks, we gotta gotta do this.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So
1: well, it's fun to come today with a coffee break question. So as a reminder, these are questions that our listeners send in. You can submit them to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. And it's such a nice way for Jamie and I to hear what's on your heart. And it doesn't have to be a specific question. It can be more of hey, I would love to hear a conversation about this topic. I remember Jamie, so we've been podcasting for years now. And do you remember when we were nailing it down? like, okay, we're doing a podcast on prayer, but like how many topics
0: are we really going to be able to come up with? Yeah. We're, we were thinking, you know, this podcast may run its course in a few months. Yeah. It might just like be done. 20, in 20 episodes, months.
1: right? Like, yeah. and then you get more and more into it and the topics keep coming. The questions keep coming, but we do love the coffee break episodes. They are A nice way, like I said, for us to know what's on your heart and just from a purely selfless side, like it's just a little bit more relaxed style of episode because we don't um, necessarily need to come up with the topics and stuff. You guys do that for this. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, and just to know what's going on in the minds of people listening and, and when we mm-hmm. see familiar themes come up, those are the things that are yeah. like, Oh, when we have a conference, this needs to be one of our exactly. topics or exactly. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, um, I'm just, I'll, I'll, I guess, open us up in prayer. How about perfect
1: we do that first? That sounds good.
0: God, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to just talk about, this listener question about what happens when you call us out of a season. We just, as the the new season of fall is kind of coming upon us, it seems like a really appropriate time to talk about changing seasons and how to hear your voice and how to respond. And we just pray that you would help each of us in our own way, just hear from you today and just help us to speak truth, to hear truth, And just to be open to your leading in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen.
0: Yeah. Well, our question today um, is from Jasmine, who asks, uh, well, she says, hi, thank you. First off, so much for your faithfulness and sharing God's gifts and wisdom with the world. You've contributed perspective and encouragement to my life and prayers multiple times. And thank you, Jasmine. That's like why we do what we do is... Because we, you know, have all these questions too, and we Mm -hmm. just love talking about them so that it can just get out there for discussion. And, and we're just so glad that, um, that you were encouraged by our podcast.
1: Can Um, you imagine not to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt. Can you imagine? Cause I was going to say something snarky, like, well, actually I do this because it gives me an excuse to talk to Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if I came to you like five years ago? (laughs) What Jamie, I got this great idea let's meet once or twice a week and let's talk about prayer, but it's not going to be recorded. It's just going to be for us. And, I'll be like, and, and this is how we'll start off. You'll pick a verse of the day for us <laughs> and I'll pick a just for fun question. Like imagine, cause I love doing this. And I love that it helps others, but I love doing this just for the, the you and me side of it too. But I know, I know it, it it's like be, a selfish, I don't, yeah, yeah it, it, it definitely funny to there's a selfish component. If there wasn't an audience.
0: <laughs> yeah. But we, yeah, we definitely love both, but it is, it, it definitely is really fun to get to do this with you because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is the back and forth and we get yeah. to get to have an excuse to meet up. Yep. Um, so Jasmine's question is, what do you do when God calls you out of a season or a role or a position that he previously placed you in? And, um, you know, she talks about whether you're in ministry, a mission field or a relationship that people see as your calling, how do you get support if a lot of people are instead praying against the transition, or if they're telling you that you're making a mistake and how do you engage in community? If stepping out in faith is making you feel like a pariah, which those are several questions kind of wrapped up into one there, Um, but really good questions because there's this whole big question of, okay, what is God calling me to do? And then If you feel like you know that, what if you're not getting support from other people? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that you heard God wrong? Does that mean that you're looking to the wrong people for counsel? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that's hard to know. And then once you're convinced that you know what God wants you to do, how do you know how to move forward when you've right. got opposition? So, wow. So that's let's big.
1: start with the changing of seasons and mm-hmm. then we'll get into, and what if other people aren't on board? Yes. So a huge one for me. So I guess let's just talk real quick, like what examples this might be. So this might be, okay, you've been going to this church for 10 years and now you really sense, okay, our time here is, is coming to an end or, I've been homeschooling for my entire career as a mom and now we're sending my kid off to junior high, right? Like changing things up, moving, um, starting a new job, ending a job, uh, taking on a new role, right? We're moving my mother-in-law in in, just as an example to, to take care of her, right? How do you work these transitions prayerfully? And I would say a huge one is to... Acknowledge that transitions are a big deal. Like some people might be able to wake up in Texas, hop on a plane, move to Tennessee, and the very next day just kind of go back to life as normal. But most people don't do that, right? Most of us, we go through a process of transitioning. When you retire from a job you've had for decades, when you finally become an empty nester after having, you know, being a stay-at-home mom for the majority of your life and like all of your adult life, those transitions take their toll on us spiritually and emotionally. And so I think it's so important to acknowledge the close of a season. Mm-hmm. Um and doing that prayerfully I think is really really important. I had this prayer ritual that I would go through in my prayer journal anytime I finished a novel because it it I didn't want to just okay I'm done here I'm on to my next project. I really wanted to acknowledge okay we're we're closing something down, we're starting something new. I see mm-hmm. the ritualistic holidays in the Old Testament as kind of being similar, right? We are going from new moon to to this season or from a harvest to that season, right? I feel like many people forget to prayerfully reflect on the season that's ending and to almost give it some kind of ritualistic closing right um when i thought that scott and i were gonna break up before we got engaged like i wrote a prayer where it was my prayer of surrender and i was saying goodbye to this relationship like having a type of of prayerful closure i think is really important i remember leaving a church when i was in college and it was i don't know that i've talked much like it was um it was quite an experience in that not theologically but in the way the, the church was structured like it got very cult-like and i remember like kind of waking up and realizing and being like okay this is my last sunday in this church like this is this is one step too far i'm now aware of what i'm engaging in and so i like basically i was sitting toward the back i prayed for every single person that i saw in front of me as my way of symbolically Closing that chapter of my spiritual life, so I think prayer rituals are a really powerful way to prepare yourself to close up one season and start another.
0: I think that is really good advice. Um, and I'm just looking back on some seasons that have closed in my own life. I haven't always done that, and it it leaves residue. It leaves it does. residual things that are not worked mm-hmm. through, and yeah. so. That's that's really good advice. And I I think that that's, you know, no matter what your reasons for leaving that season or, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's just a really, really good that whole transition idea. I think we could do a whole podcast on that on just transition for
1: sure prayer transitions, um, because then what you're doing is you're not bringing in all the baggage from one season. Mm-hmm. into the next season, right? Like, I know there's lots of cultures where part of their new year tradition is like a deep house cleaning. I know even a lot of contemporary Jewish families, part of Passover yep. preparation is throwing out all the old spices and, the you know, like,
0: yeah. yes.
1: And I think that, yes, it's symbolic, but there's a lot of power in that type of symbolism. And so let's say you're getting ready to, to start a new, new job. You don't want to bring in all the baggage from your previous job. You want to completely let that go. So I would see that kind of prayer ritual is being set aside time, like almost come up with a prayer agenda. That's what I like to do for these. Here's the things I want to pray for. I want to pray for my coworkers. I want to pray for my replacement. I want to pray for the company I'm leaving. And I want to bathe that all in gratitude for, for what I experienced there, right? Something like that. And then You're emotionally and spiritually untethered as you go into this next season.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really good. So in here, you know, she talks about um, if there's something that everyone else sees as you're calling that you think the basic answer is yes. How do you get support if people are praying against it? Yeah, but I think that's so interesting because I think about this like sports teams. You know, when somebody's everyone's uh-huh. like, oh, "Let my team win," and the other one, "Please let my team win." Right, but right. This is this is a little bit more personal because you've got people that deeply believe that you shouldn't be changing churches or that you shouldn't be going on the mission field to another country mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have very, you know, in their mind, good reasons for this. So, how do you? handle that? I mean, I think there are two steps. One, do you question whether you've heard correctly and B, do you, you know, or B, do you just say, okay, no, this is what God wants from me. And then deal with the, the repercussions of that. I don't know. How do you think, you know, when it's time to reevaluate, whether you've heard correctly and whether you have godly counsel that Mm -hmm. actually God is helping to steer you.
1: Yeah. So I, I've have so many thoughts about this. I'm going to try to kind of make them cohesive, but if you're in a position where you truly and definitively know in your heart that God is calling you over here and literally nobody in your Christian sphere is backing that up and supporting that, then I think you do need uh, a lot of humility and a lot of wisdom because it can be really easy to say, oh, well, uh, I know that God's calling me to, to leave my family (laughs) and go start up this orphanage because I watched this one documentary. Is he really, or are you, are you getting caught up in an emotional experience? Um, not to say that, Just because nobody else is affirming what God has spoken to you means that you've heard wrong. So I do think we need to be humble and wise and recognize, okay, we might, we might have heard God wrong. And what I have found in cases like this is he is so gracious and gentle Mm -hmm. when you ask for confirmation after confirmation, right? He didn't get mad at Gideon for being like, okay, God, just one more question for you. Just, can you tell me one more time? And my thought is the more outlandish the step is that you think God is asking you to take the more humility you need to have and, and be like, God, is this really, really, really you? Um, that's good. I think that's really good advice. Next up. I would check the source mm-hmm. if the, if, cause there are, there are two types of reasons why people might be discouraging you down this path. Um, That church I mentioned that I went to when I was college age, they were very unsupportive of my desire to go into the mission field because in their little world, if you're going to be a missionary, you've got to be a missionary through their denomination. And there's, you know, if you were to step out of that, then you're stepping out of of God's plan for you. So in that sense, I could check the source and I could be like, okay, they're they want me, and you know, I'm not going to mince words. They wanted me to stay in their denomination because there was a level of control that they had. Whereas if I stepped out to do ministry outside of them, then I'm not under their control. And this church was cult-like and it was all about control. So check the source. Um, Similarly, I had people tell me, oh, no, God's not really calling you to give up your medical school dreams to become a missionary. Um, He would never do that. But the people who were telling me that, were people who were kind of just chasing after worldly success and kind of packaging God up in that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, God and heaven and the American dream were kind of all the same, (laughs) same thing to them. So check your source. If there are people that you um, like adore, like you would trust your, your kids salvation into their hands kind of person. Like there's that degree of trust. And even they're saying, I'm not sure this is, this is right for you. Um, And there's not that sense of they're just trying to control you or they have ulterior motives. I would go and do so much soul searching. And basically at that point, I probably would say, okay, God, I need you to confirm by getting Somebody on board here, right? Mm-hmm. It is okay to say, God, I'm not, I'm not going to marry this person until you change at least somebody's mind. Like if ten people are telling me I shouldn't marry this person, um, and these are the ten people that I trust the most, um, and you really want me to marry this person, then I'm going to need you to change some minds and some hearts before I take that step. And I think that that would be the next step. Is okay if you've checked the source, you still trust the source, you trust that they are a source of God, the counsel, I would start praying for that. I would say, okay, God, either please give me more confirmation from these people I trust, or I guess this isn't actually what you're calling me toward. Yeah.
0: We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to faithful counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using faithful counseling myself and I admit I had never been to a therapist and I was kind of nervous about the process, but I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. And I think whatever it is that you're feeling called toward or called away from, check that against scripture and what, you know, it is something, is anything about this going against scripture and, you know, is there, yeah. I mean, I just, I can think of an example of someone who said that God was calling them to leave their spouse just because he was calling them to marry someone else in their Mm -hmm. church. And, Mm -hmm. you know, while there are biblical and other reasons for leaving someone Mm -hmm. that are totally in line with safety, with, you know, uh, infidelity, things like that. I, I just can't see that God would call one person from a spouse Mm -hmm. to another person yeah. For no good reason. And, but it can sure feel like God when you're caught up in feel it like
1: God. And, and that's why you've got to be,
0: got to yeah, be humble about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: And because the heart is deceitful above all things mm-hmm. and whether, yeah. And I think also, um, like you were talking about earlier when, you know, if you feel like, you know, leaving, take taking your whole family and going and and starting an orphanage somewhere, or, you know, consider other people that are in your sphere of, uh, that th- this will affect that's, I think another thing, oh, yeah, to, you know, just to, to consider those people as well in, mm-hmm. in that, not to say that God won't call someone and, and that there would be a dramatic change, like a move mm-hmm, that your mm-hmm. kids aren't going to be in, on board with or, you know, whatever. It's not mm-hmm. that you're going to have to be beholden to them, but again, like that humility, I like that word that you use, yeah. just being humble in the hearing, mm-hmm. taking into consideration those people most affected and, and kind yeah. of moving forward with humility and with Yeah. And even ears. using a,
1: using a fleece, like let's say you've got a teenage daughter and you're considering moving across the country and she hates that idea. And let's say that you truly do have a choice in the matter. I would say it would be all right to go to God and say, all right, God, looks like you might be leading us toward this move. And if that's truly the case, then you need to come and maybe not you need to, (laughs) we don't make demands of God, but if we're going to do this, you need to change my daughter's heart about this. And that will be our sign that this truly is from you. Um, other times. Yeah. Do you, do you just suck it up and you're the parent and in you're making decisions for your family? Yeah. But in, in other cases, especially where like so many times the life decisions we make aren't what we picture, we picture them as here's here's the the path going to the right and it's beautiful and there's shining lights all around and God is putting signs and it's like the yellow brick road that that we know is going to lead toward toward blessing and abundance and here's this horrible road and if we go take it to the left we're you know we're going to be sinning and God's going to hate us and sometimes yeah I think there are decisions like that where it truly is like uh, there is one decision that would be a sinful decision and one that would not. But so often it's, here are two choices and either one has pros and cons. And it's not super abundantly clear where we should go. And often it's not even as though one option sinful or one option is God's best. And one option is, you know, God's choice Be Like sometimes we just Take a step forward and, you know, okay, here we are. Um, and yeah, so I feel like sometimes we just need to, um, I lost my train of thought, but just, you know, kind of acknowledge that God is with us, whether we turn to the right or to the left. And yes, it doesn't, I guess, sometimes we put too much pressure to, make the decision just based on what God says, right? So like, let's take our kids in two years, they're going to be graduating high school and deciding what they're going to do. And let's say they're trying to decide between college A and college B. Sometimes there might be, do you feel like God's calling you to one or the other and teaching them to listen to that discernment, I think is smart, but over-spiritualizing it to the point where they're like, okay, if I if I do the wrong one, then God's never going to bless me and my whole life is going to fall apart. That's, that's not really how a lot of life decisions work.
0: No. And I think that is living by fear and it is a fear-driven superstition thing. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the overarching, you know what, as long as I love that verse you quoted, it's, I just looked it up Isaiah mm-hmm. 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. And you know, the voice is behind you. I mean, I think, I don't know if there's significance to that or not, that sometimes we're walking forward and God's right. behind we, you saying, okay. We don't
1: see, yeah. Right, it's not clearly. like, I think. There's not a pilot
0: car right in front of us. <laughs> exactly, and, and that's okay. And just to have faith that as long as I am asking God and I'm sending those feelers out like, God, where do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's any way that you can go wrong and that he will not continue to reveal his plans. Mm -hmm. I think he's so much bigger than a yes or a no, or a, you know, a, a right or a left. But the other thing is, um, just kind of the, the next step is if you definitely feel God guiding you to something and you have opposition, um, I feel like the importance in, I've been in a position like this, um. I had signed up to go on a mission trip right after college. Um, I had worked for about a year and God opened doors in just miraculous ways for me to be able to take a few months off of my job and then jump right back in afterwards
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: to go on, on a mission trip to Kenya. And uh, the embassy had been bombed. Mm-hmm. shortly before I was supposed to leave, and I had people telling me, oh, it's not safe. You shouldn't travel. Um, I even had one person that I really respected who worked for the CIA, actually, who mm-hmm. was like, you shouldn't go. And in retrospect, I'm like, I should have listened to her (laughs) (laughs) The things you do when you're young and feel
1: invincible. (laughs) Right.
0: And, but I, I ended up going and, you know, for better or worse, I mean, I look back and I see God's, God's hand was on that. I was never Mm -hmm. in danger. It was completely safe at that point that I know of. Right. But, um, but I, I look at that time and it's hard to face people, and to engage with them on a day-to-day basis, especially when you're like me and you're a people pleaser, mm-hmm. especially if that person is kind of a person in authority. I mean, she wasn't in authority yeah. over me, but she was an elder person. Mm-hmm. Um, in well, the and the church. CIA has authority behind right, it, right? Absolutely. Like they know things that you don't. <laughs> yeah. and And these are people in the church that I respected, but I made the choice to go anyway. And it's hard. It's just hard. It's hard to be moving forward, whether it's choosing to marry someone, choosing to, you know, go uh, on a mission trip and and not having that support. I'm guessing a lot of people that have family, close family members, when they choose to maybe take their children and the grandchildren of their parents on the mission field, you know, if the grand, the grandparents. That sounds
1: terrible. You know, to be grand- the grandparent, to yeah. be the
0: grandparent, especially if they're not believers or especially if they just don't get it or don't understand that's hard. That is so hard. So I think that's just important to acknowledge. It's okay for it to feel hard and, you know, just, just know that it, it doesn't have to look pretty, but when you definitely are feeling like God is calling you to something, I think finding people that will be supportive and will speak biblical truth to you and encourage you is important um, in -hmm. those times, but also trying to be empathetic to the people that don't support your choice and realizing that it may be that they're loving you by not supporting you, even Mm -hmm. if you still think it's the right thing to do. So I don't know, just, yeah,
1: I've joked with my kids, like, if you sign up to colonize Mars or the moon, like you will kill me. Like I could not be the kind of mom who, you know, could watch your kid 200 years ago, get on a ship, wave goodbye and realize I'm never going to see you again. I might never hear from you again. I might live decades, not knowing if you're dead or alive. Like I've told them like, this will kill me. Please do not do this to me. And So, I mean, imagine, let's say that the moon's getting colonized and one of our kids is like, I want to go there and I want to be the pastor. I want to be the light for Jesus. I, without a miraculous change of heart, (laughs) I don't feel as though I could be a hundred percent behind that because there are certain things you just, you can't take your human emotions out of it right? Do I love the idea of there being a missionary to Mars? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do I want it to be my child who's taking like the, one of the most important people in my world and maybe even like my grandkids away and I will never see them again. Nope. (laughs) No, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this is Jasmine asks, how do you engage in community? If stepping out in faith is making you feel like a pariah? I think sometimes depending on who is doing the making you feel this way or you know i guess no one can technically make you feel a certain way you that's a whole other issue but if if stepping out in faith is causing friction in relationships i think if they're fringe relationships there's a freedom to kind of step back from those for sure and just be like okay i'm i'm feeling like every time i engage with this person i'm feeling Push back against what God's mm-hmm. calling me to do. So I think there's a time to separate yourself for sure. And to have permission to cut off those things, but what do you, do you have any practical advice on what, if it is a parent or a sibling or, you know, someone that you're very close to, or, you know, church members that you see every Sunday, like what, what are some ways to engage in community, even when you're feeling that kind of intense pushback?
1: Yeah, you know, and I think what stands out to me about the question is like, if you're being made to feel like a pariah, like I'm going to come down kind of heavy handed and say, either you're doing something extra biblical, right? Like you're, you're going to go leave your spouse to be with the other guy, or it means that you're not in the right community to begin with. Like I don't see any case where, unless it is such a clear and obvious sin issue that you should be made to feel like a pariah for stepping out in faith. And so like my heavy hand, which I don't like to get response to that is either. Yeah. You're doing something that is based on biblical truth, wrong or, this is not the community that you're meant to be in. Mm-hmm. Right. Like um, I kind of experienced that. Like, that's one of the reasons why I ended up choosing to leave the church that I did. And it kind of turned into a dramatic, like I called a friend, like I need to leave. Like it was kind of a middle of the night, drove a couple States away to avoid getting sucked into this, um, Because there is such a thing as spiritual abuse.
0: Mm, And that is a good, good point.
1: Like I said, this church I went to, like, I I call it cult-like because the theology in terms of who is Jesus and how do you get saved was not incorrect. But it was a cult in the sense that you, you had to get permission to do almost anything, right? And the people in that church exerted so much control over the younger members. And so, yeah, I, I don't know, Jasmine. I really feel like, again, this comes back to checking the source and why are you being made to feel like a pariah? Is it because you're trying to become more obedient to God. And that's kind of shining a light on other people, mm-hmm. right? So like, let's say that you're, um, you're involved in a church. that's all about the prosperity gospel. And it's all about how much money can you make and, and how glamorous of a life can you live? And the, your step of obedience that you sense God is calling you to is to sell the fancy home and to take the lesser paying job that you feel is going to have a greater impact on the world. If you're getting pushback to the point that it's making you feel like a pariah, again, you check the source. That's because these people are kind of caught up, like the people who told me I shouldn't give up becoming a doctor to become a missionary, right? It wasn't God, it was this false belief that they had set up. Um, or it was, okay, there are some people who just want you to be controlled, right? And that, that happens in churches. And we need to be aware of it. It can happen in a normal mainstream church. Um, maybe you're feeling called to leave and go to the mission field. And the elders of your church don't want to lose you because you're the saint who does everything for everybody. And they don't want to have to replace you. They don't want to step up and fill in the vacuum that you would be leaving. That's not a godly response. So again, I think it really comes to checking the source Mm -hmm. and asking God to give you a lot of insight. And because when you're leveling up in your spiritual life, you're becoming more obedient or you're becoming more generous or you're stepping out in more faith. The pushback that you get from other Christians is often because that makes them uncomfortable. Hmm. Right. It makes them feel like, oh, now, you know, it's kind of like, let's say you've got this pack of girlfriends and you always go out for for lunches, you know, and one of you goes on a really restrictive diet that that feels like you're you're kind of breaking the unwritten rule, which Hmm. is this is how we this is how we do things. Um, so yeah, I would really, really prayerfully check the source. And like I said, if these are, (laughs) there's only two reasons why you would be made to feel like a pariah. And one of them is because you are becoming more obedient and the people around you can't handle that, or you're about to step out in blatant disobedience, right? So maybe even find an impartial, somebody who um, like if I were, I'm just picturing myself at the church I was at, that I had to leave. And if I were to go to anybody in that church with my concerns, I would have felt like you, I would have felt like, oh no, you can't become a missionary somewhere else. You've got to do it through us. But if I were to have gone to somebody, and this is eventually what I did actually, like I called a Christian hotline number because I needed like outside impartial advice. Um, So yeah, find an impartial believer that can really, really help.
0: And I also think that if, if the people that are not affirming your decision are doing so because of an emotional response, like the moving away to be a missionary, Mm -hmm. you know, and wanting to keep you close, those kinds of things. I mean, maybe just talking to them, if they are people that really care about you and that you don't, that you can't just easily be like, look, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to engage with this person because they're just not affirming what I really feel like God's calling me to. If that's not an easy option, talking to them is at least to say, look, this is how you're making me feel when I'm with you. This decision is non negotiable. So, can we either not talk about it, or is there any way that when we talk about it, that you can at least remain neutral and not criticize yep. me? You know, just mm-hmm. because I wonder if in many cases, it's a matter of them not even realizing, like I had a situation like this with my husband and our son, where my husband was saying things about something that my son was, was, had, had chosen to do or not to do. And he was feeling like he was being come down on by comments Mm -hmm. that my husband was making. Mm -hmm. And I said something to my husband about it. And he's like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I don't really even care about that, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I just wonder if it's sometimes it could be an unconscious on their part or that they don't realize how it's making you feel or the extent to which their opinion or disapproval is weighing on you. Yeah. So just having an upfront conversation about it might even be enough to help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. All right. Anything else that you can think of to tack on to this discussion?
0: I can't, but yeah, Jasmine, our prayers are with you in your time of transition and just um, praying that God will confirm and affirm what his will is for you and just give you wisdom in navigating. Cause it just sounds like there's a lot of pain in, mm-hmm. in the interactions and strong words. And I just, you know, our prayers are with you for God to help you find people that will affirm you in the, in his will for your life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it is, you know, remember kind of the unspoken rules of the communities that you're in, because those have so much power over us, right? That's why it's Mm -hmm. so hard for certain people. If you grow up in poverty, everybody around you is impoverished. Every single one of your cousins and people you went to school with is living in poverty. Like, That's, that's what you assume life is always going to be. And it's the same thing with anything in life, you know, like if your go to collection of friends is like we get together, we complain about our spouses, right. And then you start to really work on your marriage and you come into a season where like things are great between you and your husband, you're not going to want to bring that up because you know, deep down, that's not going to be a celebrated thing. So just, I feel like everybody just be aware of who you're surrounding yourself with and what, what those unspoken rules are and how they probably are affecting a lot in your life. And sometimes they're for good, right? Sometimes we might not really want to go to church, but we wake up and do it because we know that's just kind of the expected thing. So it's not as though um, it's all negative, but to at least be aware of who you're surrounding yourselves with kind of what biases they're coming at life with um, just so that, yeah, you can be more mindful of the choices that you make. So you're not just making decisions on autopilot. That's good. Great. Well, shall we close the purse for the unsaved?
0: Yes. Let's do that. So for those of you that aren't familiar with this, we have a 30 days of prayer for the unsaved. We have a book on Amazon by that name. We also have a series of emails, 30 emails. They come once a day, just as reminders to pray for the unsaved people in your lives. And you can get those for free at prayingchristianwomen.com slash unsaved. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm anxious for the time when I can rejoice with you over my friend coming to repentance. Please hasten that day, Lord, and don't let them perish while they're still in their sins. You are the good shepherd. You lay down your life for your sheep. My friend is that lost sheep today, Lord. Please reach out and pluck my friend out of harm's way and out of the devil's grasp. Free them from their sin and guilt and lead them in the way everlasting. You don't treat us as our sins deserve. You reach out to us even in our lost state. Please look out for my friend today and deliver them from their sins. Amen. Amen.